Welcome to the Rambling Ranger podcast, episode six. My name is Luke Taylor, and I'm joined here today by two guests, uh, Tracy Smith and Hannah Crow. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Tracy and Hannah are both, and still are in many regards, uh, my apprenticeship members and almost my becoming of a ranger. Um, this podcast, we're going to be talking about um, apprenticeships and kind of their mentoring role and how it kind of led up to now, really. Um, it's the first podcast episode with two guests, so we'll see how this goes. And then, yeah, we'll first, I suppose, just have a brief introduction and kind of um, get to know their roles, I suppose, as more local authority type rangers. Would um, Tracy, you like to go first? Sure. Uh, so um, my name is Tracy Smith. I am a ranger with West Lothian Council Ranger Service. And I have been a full-time ranger with them since 2009, based at the Treggs Country Park. Um, I am Hannah Crow. I have um, been with West Lothian Council Ranger Service since 2010, um, but got my role as a full-time ranger there in 2014. Yes, so it's been quite a while for both of you. Um, I never quite realised me and Ben had this... Um, realization as well how he started three years prior to me but in the space of him being a ranger and me being a ranger it's only three years difference um whereas yourselves obviously the what that's only a year apart uh, no i worked well it's when i got my full-time job with west Lothian, but mm -hmm. i worked with them as a seasonal in 2004 <laughs> i think it might have been three can't remember when i was a student at Bridge. So I, yeah, my ranger yeah. career started before Hannah. So I'm very slightly older than her, but not really. Very <laughs> we won't go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what does um? Shall we? We'll kind of cover a basis or a brief description of, I suppose, what your roles have been like over the years, but also kind of how they have changed um, and became what they are today, slightly differently. With obviously. Uh, no more seasonals and things like that. So if you kind of just want to, I suppose, give a brief synopsis of both both your roles. Um, well, obviously, when I started as a seasonal, um, uh, at that point, B. Craig's had three seasonal rangers. Uh, and so there was, well, God, there was more than that. There was two main grade rangers, sorry, two senior rangers, main grade ranger. And then there was about seven or eight seasonals in total um, it was very different then very sort of uh, regimented we did a lot of park patrols and a lot of litter picking and a lot of opening and shutting gates and all that kind of stuff obviously we did school groups and, and public events and stuff like that as well but uh, yeah the roles changed a huge amount in the however many years that is 15 nearly 20 years so when I started as a full-time ranger, the, the senior posts had already gone um, and we had probably the same amount of seasonals at that point, um, of which Hannah was one of them. Um, and yeah, a lot of my job at the beginning was managing seasonals. So sometimes I would have five seasonals to manage, sometimes three, it just depended. And you never knew year on year what you were going to get. So. Um, and we've slowly changed it over time, I would say. Probably in the sort of 10 years that we've both been working there, we've kind of changed the roles of the Rangers quite a lot. Hannah, you want to say anything? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think from when Tracy was a seasonal to when I was had changed. I think some things have changed a lot, other things not so much. So when I first started, certainly doing a lot of patrolling, a lot of sort of just the day-to-day -day upkeep of the parks. Um, but there was not much survey work um, and more emphasis is probably on sort of events at that point. So we were doing a lot of um, public events and a few school groups. Um, and yeah, I think even while I was a seasonal, that changed quite significantly. And um, just the way that the seasonals were used, I think we started, it was like seeing that a lot of seasonals that were coming through had a lot of experience and different skills and could be used for more than just sort of day-to-day -day litter picking and um, there's opportunities to get involved in projects and stuff. And I think, I suppose I probably pushed that quite a lot because that's what I wanted was that progression. I was a seasonal for four years, so that's quite a long time to be in the same place. Um, and Tracy really um, was on board with that and supported that, which was helpful because otherwise I don't think it would have happened in that way. It probably would have just been shoved back out to do more and more of that day-to-day -day stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think I think for me, because I came from a, I retrained um, in the 2000s, went to Oak Ridge College. And before that, I worked in theatre. And my role there was a, well, I was a technician first, but then I was a production manager. So my role was, was really to, um, work with a great group of people who were totally enthusiastic, very similar to kind of Ranger and really people who were who did it as a vocation rather than did it for the money they were earning. And I and for me, I was really lucky that I experienced a great boss before me who kind of who kind of looked at people and and went, you know, you've got a lot of experience and and not really looking at hierarchy and looking as working as a team. And that's kind of the way I always looked at it when I, I to manage seasonal rangers as well because obviously people are looking to get the experience and there's always been this massive gap between what you got to do as a seasonal ranger and what you got to do as a full-time ranger and people find it really difficult to make that jump into a full-time job because you didn't get to write management plans you didn't get to do a huge amount of survey work you didn't get to work on big projects and that's what you need to be able to do when you move into full-time posts so yeah i kind of always thought it's, you know, it's nothing to do with your rank within a unit. It's just actually your abilities within it. I suppose is the way I always look at it. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. I think we're kind of I think that's relevant to today's current climate with ranger services across Scotland and um, how how drastically they've changed. Um, be that numbers, be that the skills and the people that are uh, working within. Uh, these ranger services and of course a lot of the changes are very you just come upon us very quickly which is then you have to adapt as a team uh, and one of the changes back in 2016 for yourselves was the introduction of an apprentice um, what were your kind of first thoughts on an apprenticeship then had you heard of them beforehand um, yeah just your general thoughts um, well before that we'd had a lot of they call future job funds, Anna, is that yeah. what they So we had a lot of people who would come through and sometimes four people in a year, it depended on what it, sometimes four people, sometimes two, it just depended on who we were interviewing. And they came in for six months at a time. And it took a huge amount of our time up getting those people trained up to be able to do any of the tasks. And by the time we got to the six month point where they were 
feeling confident enough to actually start going out and doing the job, then their thing was finished. So I think for us, when the, when the seasonal post came up, sorry, when the apprentice post came up, I think we were quite up for it, really. I remember having a discussion, Hannah, about it and saying, yeah, <laughs> if we're going to put the effort in, then I would rather do it on a long-term basis rather than a six-month thing where it doesn't equip people to be able to go and maybe equips them to be able to apply to college, but it never equips them to be able to go out and do the job, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I, I felt the same. It's that, yeah, having people on really short-term contracts doesn't necessarily help us and what we're trying to achieve, and I don't think necessarily helps the, the person who's in that role either because you're just starting to find your feet when that job's then ended and there's no opportunity for progression from that point so having someone like yourself in a post for a number of years um i think we could see the benefit of that i think i was slightly apprehensive just the idea that they might start phasing out the seasonals and replacing that with apprentices instead yeah um, and i think it's just having been a seasonal you can see how vital that role is um, and I think there's probably positives and negatives to coming through the apprenticeship and also coming through the seasonal role. Um, as a seasonal, like I said, you, you end up doing a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff and you do that as an apprentice as well, but I think there's a lot more emphasis in the apprenticeship on your development, your learning, um, as well as you know, what we need to get out of you in terms of the job. Um, so yes, yeah, so I, I, I think in that sort of first year of having you as our first apprentice, um, was yeah just coming to the realization of of how good an apprenticeship could be for someone like you who you know not had a job before out of school really wanting to get into the role um, and having the opportunities to learn and develop over a, a longer period of time. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a huge sorry, Teresa. There's a huge um, development focus on it in in the beginning, which puts I suppose a not pressure but a huge emphasis on the apprentice but also a huge emphasis on the team and obviously how well use i've got to end up well big start off with someone who's not done the job or potentially like myself never worked a day in their life before um, and we'll touch upon i suppose your thoughts later on of yeah. apprenticeships now um but yeah sorry were you going to say something Tracy? yeah i was i mean the same as hannah we were because we talked about it quite a lot for you know before the before you came on board, you know, when it was just a concept. And, and yeah, the worry was that what can often happen because you're in this sort of busy, pressured situation is that you don't actually, the apprentice doesn't get the chance to actually do the learning and development that they need to do, that they just get kind of pushed into doing the day-to-day -day stuff, which is kind of what happened with the Future Job Fund people, really. Mm -hmm. They just became, well, we'll use them because we need extra bodies sort of thing. Um, but actually, very quickly after it started um, and having conversations with um, Jamie and other people who were kind of managing it from a learning and development team point of view and especially Julie Cushley when I spoke to her it was very much you could not just become a normal member of the team you had to be doing the learning and development it was about you rather than about you just taking another rollover and then I felt much more comfortable about that after that mm -hmm. because in a way you you know for your first year or so you didn't really just become a member of the team it was really about you learning over that time obviously as the years went on you got more and more responsibility but that was to do with 
you as a person really more than just the, the role itself. Yeah, no, I, I suppose you've kind of already touched upon first impressions, but you can you can give them if you like. Um, I suppose it's what changes and de- development did you see in our mentoring role then throughout the last three years? And as you said, it's kind of that finding the, the balance of giving you, giving the apprentice the responsibility in manageable almost chunks. And as you said, it's that importance of not actually not the onus on them feeling like they are having to become an employee or be a full-time member of staff and fill that role. It's still very much have the freedom to express, learn and develop. And, and that's obviously the kind of the morale and the, what an apprenticeship should, should be all about. Um, yeah. So, Sorry, you were just asking about um, the first impressions of you. Well, obviously my first impressions of you were not from when you became an apprentice. It was when you came as a, tiny little schoolboy and uh, came and did your works, your work, work experience week with us. So that's when obviously we first met, wasn't it? And you did that. So you were what, 15 when you first came and did that with us? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, it was, it was, work experience for me was, I'd missed my first kind of chunk of work experience back in fourth year. So that would have been 2014 when I was 14. Um, and after that it was kind of like I wasn't expecting it um, my first I remember looking at outdoor jobs and my uh, when I had the opportunity for work experience in fourth year and there wasn't anything for the outdoors I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time but I I just wanted to work outdoors to some degree and the I think one of the only roles came up was with the forestry commission and it fell through for whatever reason and I think actually I remember dad we actually went yeah, you then go look for it yourself. You don't have to be. You don't have to do it through the school at that point. If if you can find work experience, and um, the school can accommodate for it. And I think we actually came up to be Craig's at that time. And I think I remember. I don't think you had rolled out quite yet to my school in specific. Or as I now know, the nature of the the job is you can only take on apprentices when you're obviously. Um, not apprentices, work experience placements. When you're able, it can't be in a willy nilly fashion. Um, so yeah, the, the fifth year was me kind of getting fed up with school a little bit and I, I got given the opportunity to, to do that week's work experience with you so that I had had looked at a year before and uh, through that I think it was myself and a, another friend at the time, we yeah, we did that week and I remember after it just wanting to I suppose do more and that kind of led on to obviously the volunteering side of it. So your first recommendations was to, to go over the yeah to get into rangering and whatnot and um so yeah christmas of 2015 it was very much fridays with the volunteer ranger service and then that led me back into sruc which then later obviously um became the apprenticeship um yeah i think is that thing one of your questions there was what was my first impression of you so um i think one of the first things that I sort of remember about you was you. What was the other guy's name? Because I don't remember him at all, actually. Um, Aiden. Yeah, Aiden Greer. So I sent you and Aiden off together to go and do a patrol around the park and do your letter picker and all that sort of stuff. And you came back and you'd lost the phone that I'd given you. Do you remember that? I yes, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough. But 
and you kind of go, okay, so you'd made a mistake and you dropped something. But actually, the thing that impressed me about it was you came back and you said to me, um, I've lost the phone, but it's okay. I've decided what I'm going to do is get on my bike and I'm going to retrace my steps and try and find it. And you did. You went off and did that. And you did find the phone. But the thing that I liked about it and the thing that impressed me about it was that you didn't just say, as a, as a lot of 15-year-old boys would have done, I've lost your phone, end off. You kind of came up with a solution. And I think that was the thing that first impressed me about you was that, yes, you'd made a mistake, what everybody does, but you'd actually thought about how you were going to try and fix that. So that's what I think made you stand out to me. I feel like, in hindsight, the unknowing of my future after that point <laughs> wanted to <laughs> wanted to um uh, wanted to uh, impress or perhaps keep a friendly relationship with the uh, my future mentor and uh, employer at that point obviously but, that had no correlation yeah. but um in hindsight that's quite funny yeah, yeah but that is the thing, that's the things that make people stand out you didn't just go Oh, I've done. I've done some. Well, one, you admitted it, which a lot of people wouldn't. You get to the end of the week, and I'd ask for a phone back, and people would go, "I don't know where it is," or they'd just sneak away or whatever. But you admitted you'd made a mistake, but then you also came up with a solution, and that kind of, for me, you, you know, everyone makes mistakes constantly, but it is it's how you deal with them and how you kind of move on. Yeah. So that was my first impression of you in terms of being impressed by you. Obviously, I got to know you, and that kind of changed. <laughs> Do you have anything to add to that, Adam? Um, I vaguely remember you as a work experience, but not massively. But I think um, I was probably had just started my full time post then, so I was at um, Polkemmer a lot of the time. So probably actually wouldn't have seen you that much because I think you were mainly based at B Craig's. Um, yeah, so I think my first impressions really properly were of you when you started your apprenticeship. And again, I think that first year or so, I maybe didn't spend that much time with you. I mean, Tracy really took the, the lead role with you. Um, again, because I, I was based at Paul Kemet rather than at, at B Craigs with the two of you. Um, but I do remember thinking how uh, confident at least you came across as, I think, um, because of the experiences that we've always had in the past. With, what were you when you started your apprenticeship? Were you 17 then? Um, 16 then going on 17 yeah because the, the whole so, driving issue but yeah yeah most 16 year olds that we have to do work experience or through the job farm scheme or whatever are usually um quite quiet even if even if they're not normally but do you know what i mean just that slightly apprehensive nervous don't really want to say too much that was never an issue with you <laughs> <laughs> But I think it really meant that you fitted into the team really quickly and it wasn't really like necessarily having a 16 year old around all the time. I mean, there was other things that definitely <laughs> gave away. Yeah. Um, but I think that ability to just be able to um, get involved with conversations and to speak to adults um, really made you stand apart from, from other people your age um, and definitely helped um, you through the apprenticeship and made it a much easier um, certainly like first year for us in terms of having to sort of mentor you and, and work with you um, yeah yeah I think it was an aspect of I was just happy to be free from school and I kind of had that vision of wanting to become a ranger and work and um, that kind of I don't know was the drive spurred me on 
Whereas I think a lot of young people in high school and education kind of get lost or feel lost. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things I still follow much to heart today is having that kind of thing that you want to do and you do what you need to do to do it. And um, yeah, very much said it's, it's how rangers are. Most rangers you meet are kind of that, <laughs> don't want to say flamboyant, but uh, expressive uh, type uh, because of the, the nature of having to work with so many different people and interact with so many different members of the public. Um, yeah, it's just it's a fantastic thing. And obviously you just kind of touched on there a lot of the changes and things. What were, throughout those three years, what was, I suppose, the progression like? Because I think that was, as we kind of touched on, it's, it's a really important thing to an apprenticeship. Mine was three years. Tony, um, who we had on earlier in the podcast, hers was only a year. So our experiences, although very much similar over that, just a time factor is very much different as well. Yeah, I think having the three years was a very good thing. I don't personally think you can learn to be a ranger in a year. Um, I think there's a huge amount of the job, that, certainly for the job that we do and the type of work that we do. Um, in your first year, you wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the things that you were able to do by the end of your third year. Um, yeah, and I think ha knowing that we had that length of time meant that, certainly for me, because I, I, I thought, Obviously, you had the college work side of it that you had to do, but in terms of the fact that we knew we had three years with you, for me, I knew that there were certain things that you wouldn't get to do until your second or third year, because it would just become overwhelming to try and shove all the things that we do onto you in one year. And I think having those, I think, yeah, that time, for me personally, I think they should all be at least three years. Um, I think a one-year one might get you to a point where you could maybe go to uni or maybe get a job as a seasonal somewhere, maybe with the same people that you did your apprenticeship with so they can carry it on. But yeah, for me, I think three years is definitely a good length of apprenticeship. No, I mean, I, I, I would agree really. I think in, in three years, that really gives you the opportunity to, um, to develop a whole range of different um, skills and things. And I think, um, you know, in, in your first year, I think you spent quite a lot of time shadowing when you were out with us. By your second year, you were maybe taking the lead in certain elements, but not all of them. And by the third year, I think um, certainly me and Tracy had the confidence to um, let you lead. You know, you were doing school groups and stuff by yourself and leading groups and um, taking on responsibility for different projects and things like that. And she says in your first year you, it, to, to put that on you would have been really unfair and because you wouldn't have been at a point where you would have been able to do that um so to be able to have that time with you to be able to make sure that you were ready yes still sometimes put you slightly out of your comfort zone because that's all about just um that experience but um yeah you, you need that time and i think i was really aware of that having been a seasonal which is not the same obviously we've talked about as being an apprentice but that was one of the main reasons why I stayed on as a seasonal um, with West Lothian Council is because I felt I was getting a lot out of it because each year I was getting to do different things um, getting a little bit more responsibility just finding my feet a little bit more and I think if, if you're flitting between different roles yes you get different experiences but you don't necessarily get the 
the same ability to um, develop. Um, and so because I've been through that sort of similar experience myself, um, I think I could sort of understand it from, from your side as an apprentice of what it's like to actually just have that uh, succession. Yeah, I think successions, uh, I think it's uh, the three years in itself sort of a succession. Now we're obviously starting to look at within ranger services and our roles and if apprenticeships are going to be a thing of the future, which we'll get onto later, but um, it's, it's having, I suppose, that succession or the succession that for now for many rangers is you go from college, university into a seasonal post and then you inevitably or may end up in, in the full-time role. And as you said, depending on how long you're actually in a seasonal role for, you might end up pretty much doing already what a full-time ranger is doing. And the succession, I suppose, there for an apprenticeship is at the end of that three years, you'd think, or hopefully they'd be at least adequate for, as you said, that kind of the seasonal responsibility into then obviously a kind of a more full-time rounded experience of full-time role uh, work as well. Because obviously the difficulty with seasonal is seasonals are brought in over busier periods, events, and kind of focus on some key elements more than others, I feel, having now experienced position. Um, whereas the apprenticeship really does give you that whole kind of rounded experience of all aspects of the job. And I feel for being mentors as yourselves, I suppose, what, what aspect of that then? So the whole rounded experience, you working with younger people and then older people, what, what was it like, I suppose, working with someone as young as myself? You've obviously talked about me as an individual, but from your experience, how has how that differed between, I suppose, your work experience placements to even your volunteer rangers uh, from college? Um, for me, it is, it's, well, Hannah said earlier, it is very much to do with the personality of the person that comes for me. Because if, you know, as Hannah said, you were, you were quite, a, on the surface, a confident 16-year-old and you were quite driven about what you wanted to do and you were very good at um, sort of motivating and pushing yourself whereas we've had obviously with the job funds it was quite often people who were in their teens but had maybe struggled to get work or had had the motivation to get work and had ended up in these schemes and sometimes it it took a lot to kind of just try and get their personality out of them never mind get up get any work out of them um, I think find the apprenticeship easier but I do I think that's because it's you I mean we've sort of talked about it and said you know we may not get and you know if we do another one we may not get another you we could end up with somebody who doesn't kind of fit with the team and then three years with a person who doesn't kind of fit in could be quite hideous really <laughs> um, at least the thing with the job funds it was only six months so if the, it wasn't working out you were like well there's an end point to this but with an apprenticeship years if personalities mix and if you don't get on as people and you don't you know i think it could be harder i don't know you're the only experience we've had of the three year mm -hmm. things it's hard to kind of ask us if we get another one it was yeah no it was kind of the the point i was trying to, to get out of you there is is that it's almost reassurance or for say other mentors or possibly teams or people that i'll end up with with apprentices it's that kind of I feel like from the Ranger rendezvous with the SCRA in 2018, one of the workshops was on apprenticeships. And I think a lot of the 
reluctancy or questions were it's that worry with having potentially such a long-term person that you then have to take under your wing and it's almost the added work on top of already what's a very busy and um, workload heavy environment um, so yeah it's, it's, it's a really it's, it's an important aspect to take into consideration and I feel like a lot I of the times sorry no go on I was just going to say I think the recruitment process is really important so um, obviously we weren't involved in the in the interviewing of you but I knew you already so I kind of did speak up and say I thought you you know and you and I had to you phone me and ask me whether you thought I should you should apply for it and um, so that you know so I was able to and you were known because you had come and done your work placement I think all of that helped you to get the role over other people but we have talked about that if we do go through the process again that we wouldn't just be taking someone because the apprenticeship is there they would have to actually merit being there you'd have to sort of see a spark in them and say yeah that person's going to actually put the work in that we need to do because you did you motivated yourself especially with the college work we maybe not go into that but you know you had to really sort of self-motivate to get that done because I didn't have I mean I would nag you about it but I didn't really have a lot of time to spend doing it with you um, and college wasn't particularly forthcoming and pushing you from that side so if you'd been a different personality you could have got to the end of your three years and not actually have the qualification that goes with your apprenticeship. I do also think that the, they need to improve the coursework. I don't think the coursework in itself was enough to, yes, you've got that sort of rounded experience of going out and doing the job, but I think there's a lot of things that come out of a university or a college course that you didn't get in your SVQ, which is why we sent you off to do some of the extra units as well in your third year. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's the, just now I feel like, yes, I got a lot out of the practical and the experience of the three years. I wouldn't change that. Um, but from, I suppose, a qualification point of view, I, per I perhaps lack more than college students in that sense because they've, they've committed themselves and they've done a lot more of that academic side, which has its, obviously, downsides and has its merits in any kind of work environment. And I feel like, always be faced with that unless I end up doing uh, or going down an academic route in the future, near future, whatever, just whatever happens. But no, I think it's, it's an important point and I feel like there does need to be changes looked at. I think the good thing in the downsides, the good thing about it just now is that we've got, they aren't really a thing. So the apprenticeships uh, and ranger services are very few and far between. Whereas if they were more common, we would certainly want a more structured and more content within it. And I think the only way we'll, we'll get to that point is if obviously more funding comes Ranger Services way or local authorities or organisations are more willing to put money into young people to potentially bring up the profession a little bit and invest as well in already existing seasonal posts. And I mean, there's other examples that we could look at, say for Down South, for example, and how... National Trust runs their trainee ranger schemes and ships and everything like that. So it's, it's something to look at and something I'm looking at um, to, to, well, to learn off. Um, I don't know if you've got anything else to add to that, Hannah. Uh, no, just what Tracy said, really. Um, I do think there is always that battle um, 
with range service and apprenticeships of, and again that was one of the the things that we discussed before taking um you on as an apprentice is that um is there somewhere for you to go as as anyone who's in the range of profession at the moment knows it's a really difficult place to be working at the moment and and definitely a really difficult place to be looking for a job um and absolutely you want to be developing new people and um and having people lined up and, and people wanting to go into the range of profession because it is a great job it's the reason why we all do it um but it, it, it's really difficult when you know how competitive the job market is um and that actually rangers are becoming fewer and fewer at the moment like you say about you need those seasonal roles you need those apprenticeship roles but you also need those main grade ranger posts for those people to move into um and and so it's yeah that balance is really difficult yeah no, i think i think it is um we won't end on this question but um we've already kind of reminisced and gone down memory lane uh but what were both i suppose your favorite memories of the last three years uh during well during my apprenticeship um i had a few <laughs> man i said she couldn't remember anything that was favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had a few, so uh, I really enjoyed going to Harrogate with you when you were uh, nominated for whatever that was. What were you nominated for? <laughs> the time was much better than obviously the nomination. Uh, no, yeah. that was uh, <laughs> that was yeah, uh, that. You, you were nominated for so much, Luke. I just can't remember which one it was. What was, that? <laughs> was, that, was that the APSI one? It was, yeah. It was the it was the APSI Apprentice of the Year, the the National APSI Award for Apprentices within right. Scotland, uh, the UK. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, getting to go down to, um, that was the end of your first year really. Yeah, kind of 2017. The council pushed you into it too early because I don't think you were ready to go and do that kind of interview and, um, and you just hadn't had enough experience at that point. If you'd done it in your second year then I think you possibly had a chance of winning it but I think it was also a good thing for you to um, Get that little bit of recognition as well i think that helped with your confidence and your ability well yeah to just kind of keep going with it but yeah no i kind of enjoyed just uh, heading around harrogate for the day with you and uh, playing pokemon go and going eating brown bread ice cream and yeah just i guess that's one of my favorite memories of you i'll let hannah choose one of my other ones that came up <laughs> oh, i love i really thought you were going to lead on the um gps one Oh, I, I thought I'd leave that one to you because you didn't have anything. <laughs> but like, you know, that is not what I said to Tracy. I just said there's, you know, because you're with us for such a long time. So it's really hard to like pick out individual moments because you were just such a part of the office and, and the team. But um, yeah, Tracy did say, to, reminded me about the GPS incident, which is just hilarious, which, um, yeah, we'll bring up as much as we possibly can. Um, so, so we're out. Um, doing badger set surveys with was it with the volunteer rangers as well there's quite a group of us that wasn't there it was the first day back of the volunteer ranger service it was the first mm -hmm. day that we were together with that new group so we were trying to impress them as well yeah Luke didn't give them the responsibility of gpsing and what did they do chucked the gps down a badger hole and then spent quite a lot of the rest of the day trying to get the GPS back and failing. Yep. <laughs> and I think it was just very funny for us because um, you were obviously concerned because you'd lost the GPS. Um, 
and that you might not be able to get it back. Um, and I probably would have been the same as you if it had been me that had done it. But um, being able to witness it and not have the guilt of having done it, <laughs> it's just really funny. Well, it's still not appeared. No, it's day. never. I, I think missed that survey either. No. <laughs> Uh, we, we of course you were going to bring that up inevitably um yeah <laughs> yeah i think that was coincidentally that has got well one it scarred me for the rest of any survey slash badger surveys it was also the last badger survey i've ever done because it was towards the end of the the apprenticeship in my time with Wesleyan council and um yeah in regards to i suppose the, the harrogate that was that was the one that came to mind with yourself tracy i think it was well, it was just a really nice, I suppose, short, brief break, but away from obviously work and um, going down to obviously that experience itself. I, I completely agree with you. I don't think I was quite ready or I was kind of pushed into it. Um, but I feel like I got a lot out of that. And that obviously helped me then to later achieve likes of the Lantra Award and everything else. So I, I do owe a lot to, I suppose, being recognised and being put towards that in 2017. Yes, I may have won it in 2018, but the difference is it doesn't really, it's, it's again, it's the experience and it's the, I suppose, as you said, the recognition that's it's a credit and I'll give it where it's due to uh, recognising the apprenticeship, apprentices work within their role in any organisation or local authority and it's um, going for an award like that of its stature is really, really quite something. I mean, it was a big, it was a big deal, you know, it was a, you know, posh hotel, hundreds of people there, big dinner, you know, and you were like 17 at that point, and you kind of go, it, it was it was a big deal. It, it was a kind of nice experience. I taught mm -hmm. you how to collect as many pens as you needed from a trade show, very important <laughs> things like that. Get notebooks, get any freebies that you can. You were all like, what, what, just take them? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, get a bag yeah. at the beginning and work your way around that room. Watches, <laughs> pens, anything. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a really nice bonding experience. I mean, we'd already, we were already getting on really well at that point, but it was just a nice thing to do and to see the other apprentices that were there and do that whole train journey. And yeah, it was a bizarre sort of couple of days, really, wasn't it? No, it's, it, it certainly was. And yeah, um, just yeah, loved every, as you said, it's that bonding experience. And yes, we kind of already had, but it kind of says, set up the rest, really. Um, yeah, it was a really nice thing. I suppose for Hannah, my favourite memory, yours was embarrassing, so mine doesn't seem as lacklustre, but um, just all our Mondays together. Um, just all our Mondays together, um, <laughs> going to Polkemet and having that break for a while where obviously I couldn't drive at the time um, when I was seven. well, going through my lessons when I was 17. So um, I've, predominantly all my work was at one country park and uh, and... I don't know, I think Tracy said it at the time, I kind of got a bit, not fed up, but I wanted to go out and see everything else. Um, and yeah, it was the start of the apprenticeship as well. So very much a lot of the work I was doing, I still was learning and doing a lot of it. There's a lot of repetition. So just to get picked up by yourself every Monday morning and go over to Pokemon and do a task was just a nice breath of fresh air at the start of every week. Um, yeah away from my nagging for a day that's really what he's saying <laughs> of course saying, it's always much nicer to him so he preferred to spend the time with me yeah As... exactly you were you were nice to him or i'm like have you done that have you done that yeah <laughs> no you're yeah. right 
important that you kind of got out and uh, experienced other people. I mean, Hannah and I work really well together, but we do have different styles and we've got different personalities. So it's really good that you see other people's way of working and other people's point of view. And uh, as you've been there on many of our arguments that we like to have about stuff, we experience all of that. But it's all part of the, the process, really. You can, yes, it's good to have one person who's your main mentor, but I think it is really important that you learn to get on with lots of different types of people as well and they set you up for when we send you out in the big bad world. That's uh, one of the reasons I brought you both on. Um, <laughs> can't have one without the other. Um, what then, just to wrap things up, final question, what's your overall thoughts now on apprenticeships and do you think it's something that will be important to more of for ranger services and rangering in general in Scotland? It's a really difficult question because there is so little money, there's so few rangers left in positions um, and people are kind of just trying to fight to get the recognition of what it is we do. Um, and certainly from council's point of view, I don't think they are looking at the sort of future of making sure there's rangers going out there. If they, if they put an apprenticeship it so that they can also get something out but I think for me yes I would do it I'd happily do it again but it's always with that knowledge that you're never going to get a or you're very unlikely that you're even going to get a seasonal job with us it's just really sad as Hannah said earlier it's like there's no point in building up people's hopes that you know you're going to do it because in the olden days you did an apprenticeship and you got a job at the end of it that's mm -hmm. what where people put the time in to train you up because they then got it back out of you um, and I just don't see that happening I think it's a good thing because I think not everybody is academic and wants to go to college or uni straight away so I think it's a good it's it's a good avenue for people who are maybe more practically minded but I don't know I think yeah, I think the academic side of it's got to be improved. And if it's a three-year apprenticeship, I don't see why you couldn't at least do an HNC, if not an HND during that time, rather than SVQs. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. It is. That's why I asked. Um, no, it's, it's exactly as you've kind of put it. It's that progression, whether or not just now it's the current. I think within... The current climate just now in ranger services and as you said fighting for rec recognition potentially not need to kind of find our feet first and then yeah. from a money point of view apprenticeships are obviously funded by organizations or a lot of the time external organizations so skills de uh, developing scotland being the one that obviously contributed to mine and that can kind of help out the financial side if an organization or a local authority isn't able to directly put in a, an apprentice position and pay for it themselves. And obviously that comes with the academic side. But as you said, from a, the academic side, certainly from my experience needs improved, but whether or not it's just allowing more opportunities for young people, for junior rangers to, to experience the work as a ranger, even if it's a year, in Tony's example, to then give her that experience to then go into college. Maybe just now there isn't the, the climate for three years, but maybe more sporadic, shorter one years. Of course, that doesn't help in the long run for employability and the 
time having to obviously endure an apprentice and everything that comes with it for just a year. But as as I said, it's, it's a really difficult one. And obviously having that experience, it's something that you, you think a lot about. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no easier, simple answer or solution. I don't know if yourself, Anna, have anything to add. No, just the same as what Tracy said, really, it is that frustration that I think the, the apprenticeship scheme for the right people is a really good thing. Um, as we've talked about, um, having the, the longer time period, having that three years, um, certainly for people who are perhaps less academic. Um, yeah, it, it's a really good thing, but without the jobs to progress into, and that includes seasonals and main grade positions, it's it's really difficult and I think yeah employers to to recognize that the apprenticeship should just be that first step for for those people um and like for us it, it was a real shame the timing of it for you that we didn't have any seasonal positions anymore that because you would have been a perfect candidate for moving into one of those seasonal roles so for us it's a it's a little bit I mean, in, in some ways, it's good that you've got to move on and, and go and experience different things away from us because that's all you had experienced before. But at the same time, knowing that you're such a good worker and that we've invested so much time in you and then there was no job for us to offer you at the end of that, it can, I could see it being a bit demoralising for, for people who take the time to, to um, take on an apprentice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I do feel proud that we we equipped you to go off and get a job elsewhere. I feel we absolutely got you to a point where you could go and be a seasonal ranger elsewhere. And as Hannah said, it would have been nice for you to, I know you did a bit of work with us for a period of time before we really firmly shoved you out the door. Um, yeah, it would have been nice for you to kind of just do that, get a season and then get to go off and lead new adventures and find new things. Um, but. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just not sure whether the SCRA-led ones with um, with junior rangers and um, giving them a year will necessarily work because I think it, because the because the junior rangers, you know, particularly I'm looking at Equalodium because that's the one I kind of know, they get a great grounding in it anyway and that should be enough for them to be able to apply to college and go and do at least an NC or whatever to get them into it. I'm not sure if, not sure if I'd have the appetite for doing lots of one-year ranger posts. For me, I would like to do the investing, the time, and making sure someone comes out as a good rounded individual and a good rounded ranger at the end. Yeah, that's good. Good to hear your thoughts on that. Um, uh, I give credit where it's due. It's all thanks to yourselves. So obviously, why I'm doing what I'm doing now and um, as you said it would have been nice to have stuck around a little bit longer but in reality it was always kind of a I mean three years flew by it was very fast paced and kind of coming at the end over the last year it's everything's kind of been trial by fire but I suppose that's what a lot of seasonals go through so I'm kind of glad and thankful for that experience but um, yeah thank you for coming on sharing with you your thoughts reminiscing embarrassing all that good stuff I didn't expect <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect anything less and um yeah i'll hopefully be, hopefully be able to see you um, quite soon uh, after all this lockdown malarkey and everything else is uh, finished cheers look yeah cheers. Cheers.